stand. Sorry about that. And we got using also the uh, the, the stand release, and and he never he never uh, fired the boat other than that way. And at twenty yards, he, he never made groups bigger than about three inches. He, he, and and unfortunately, he sort of got bored with it and quit. <laughs> well, we challenged in. enough, I guess. Thank you, buddy. Uh, yeah. he, he All right. Then. We'll be back to more activity after that. <laughs> Good. Right. See you guys. Hey, buddy. Have you yeah. So, yeah, words, words paint really vivid pictures. And, uh, but still, you've got to associate the feel with the words. And yeah, from the very first arrow that Harrison shot when he was five with a small recurve bow, I was using the words load the back. And so he does not know any other way to shoot an arrow. You know, he didn't make up stuff on his own. Yeah. And so for our topic today, draw to load, you know, most people just call it draw. Well, you got to draw the bow. Right. And what is the purpose? And what has to happen after you draw the bow? And of course, most people thinking about arm strength, archery takes a lot of arm strength. They think you're shooting with your arms. Mm -hmm. And so that promotes a lot of problems down the road. If mm -hmm. they don't know, the archer doesn't know that, well, there's something beyond just drawing the bow with your arms. Right. And that is loading the back. So when I first heard the term, draw to load, uh, you know, it was a really important revelation to me. I'd just been calling draw the bow. But to mention the objective with that draw to load uh, is important. So, um, yeah, that's our purpose when we are drawing the bow, uh, is to get the back muscles loaded. Now, there's certain things biomechanically that should happen if you want to meet that goal of loading your back. And so on our uh, steps of shooting form, national training systems, uh, we have details, six or seven details about the draw to load step. So you've got those online, don't you? Yes, yes, we do. We're going to share those right now with everyone. So. That's it's okay. Top of the document. Okay, which is this? This uh, compound here? Yep. Compound National Training System Checklist. Um, not many. Okay. My, if you haven't taken a USA Archery course with Larry or with maybe one of Larry's instructors that have, have access to this document and teach, you may not have ever seen this checklist before. Surely you can go through the to, to through the manual but you're not going to get into right. necessarily these specific details larry goes and and takes this and we're going to talk about recurve and barebow today but this he takes the, the the compound and and applies it directly to compound so go ahead larry 
Okay, so uh, we've already raised the bow. And prior to that, prior to raising the bow, we'd set our upper body posture, head turned to the target, eyes on the target. All right, so that we've done. And before you draw this bow, you want to pay attention to this drawing shoulder. And if it's out or set back. If you leave it out, as though moving your forearm elbow away from your body, then you're going to recruit a lot of muscle here, including the four rotator cuff muscles to help you draw the bow. And if you want to avoid injuring them, overburdening them, then we set the shoulder back. So that's drawing, that's bringing your forearm elbow in toward your chest before we draw. That sets us up to protect this shoulder. It also helps us use body coiling to help draw the bow with, with the compound. Because our hands, remember, are only a foot apart with the compound. Recurvers have already set barrel of the gun here. They're in a different position. Right. Compound, hands are a foot apart, shoulder back, and we use coiling to help draw the bow. All right, so um, the objective here then, in this note marked S3, the second note here under draw the load, uh, that's the third step with getting the shoulder line set properly for full draw position. So as you are drawing with the compound, we are coiling the shoulder line, coiling the torso, the shoulder line is rotating and it should become parallel to the arrow line when we're done, when we're done drawing the bow. Okay. Uh, bow arm extends. So the bow arm, if we are coiling the torso, what happens to this bow arm? It's moving towards the target. It's extending. So if you have your bow set too short and draw length, you won't get that extension and you end up compressing your chest and recruiting a lot of muscle instead of extending and recruiting less muscle and the, the bones, your bone structure, your skeleton. So maximize the skeleton, minimize the muscle by that shoulder coiling, that torso coiling, and getting that shoulder line parallel to the arrow. This, this um, if you fail in this, if you don't do this sufficiently with the compound, then you aren't loading this side as much as the holding side. Right. And that's evident then in your follow through because I see a lot of release aid shooters and their follow through is 
away from the target. That tells me overload here, not enough load target side. Yep. So this coiling has to be a point of emphasis mentally set that bow shoulder firmly so that when you finish loading here, the back half, you are loaded equally. Then the follow through will show me that your core stays in line. That's, that's important to be balanced internally. So this coiling, which a lot of compounders don't think about, don't do, um, is vitally important to having a good release where your core stays in place through the release of the shot. Um, so elbow crease, this holding elbow crease should be at about a 45 degree angle. Recurvers go a little stronger with vertical crease if possible. That depends on your arm, depends on your arm shape. Okay. So then this draw elbow has to be in line with the arrow as we see it from a top view. From a front view, that elbow may be raised a little higher than the arrow line, than the knock of the arrow. Okay. Uh, so maintain a flat release hand, near horizontal, but a neutral position. It's, it may be rotated up 10, 15 degrees, but not up vertical. You know, this step uh, begins to employ chest muscles and uh, really- This step, the, the rotation of the hand. Elbow rotate, yeah, so yeah. So when I see a lot of palm facing out, I know that that person is limiting their ability to get this elbow to rotate about the shoulder freely and the chest to expand. Yep. So you can think that when this palm is rolled up, the chest is being compressed, it's being activated. So, uh, you know, these uh, little biomechanical facts are really important to finish your shot uh, from a full draw position with the back loaded. Your back can't work efficiently if you're not in the right biomechanical position. All right. I see the last note here. We're not aiming yet. The sight has not come in front of your eye yet. The vision is on the target, but the sight is not in front of your vision, not in front of your eye. I've talked enough, Frank. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I just, before we move on to barebone recurve though, I think the compound shooters, the bow hunters who aren't really into competition archery, they, the reason that it's being taught and explained this way is to optimize your ability to hold into your back. How many compound shooters do we see draw like this? You see how my, this, this right here, 
How many, how much, how many times did we see that doc? Do you want to explain what's happening in the shoulder capsule? When you draw that bow, the opposite direction, the way that capsule is actually made to rotate. Well, you're, you're actually opening your, your shoulder joint, if you can think of it in that way. Um, and as you do that, you begin to uh, weaken and tear the, uh, the, the, the ligaments there. And you'll eventually end up, no matter what pound bow you're pulling, you could be shooting a tw you know, 20 pound or much higher. But eventually, because of uh, repetitive motion disease, you, you will end up with a separated shoulder and have to have surgery. And you don't want to do that. Can you talk about how the, the proper motion of drawing yeah. from here to here actually relubricates the shoulder? So when, 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 you, when you, you have your bow hand here and, and, and you're, you're pulling back, you're, you're doing the draw, to, to the quell to draw. As you're coming up, you're pulling back. And then you're, you're, the, the release allows the air to fly for, go forward. And, and you just allow your, you don't jerk your hand back, just allow that rotation to happen naturally. And when that happens, the uh, fluid there's a little sac around the, the joint. It's called the bursa sac. And that the, the fluid, when you put a lot of pressure on the joint, which you're doing, and if you're pulling it correctly, the, the fluid goes out. And then when you complete that motion, the fluid comes back in and lubricates your joint. That's the way it's supposed to work. And, and, and um, you'll, you'll get a, a lot more years out of your body and not have to have any kind of repairs done. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, you know orthopedic surgeon, but I taught in, in that area for years. And uh, I can tell you that they could do wonderful work, but it's never as good as it was when, when in, in the first place. Yeah, when it was healthy. I was at Lancaster Archery the other day. I want to say something about this because I, I, it was on Friday and a number of people were coming in for the shoot that weekend, Saturday. I think it was Saturday and Sunday, probably. And there, there was a, a father and his young son there. I think the, the, I think the young guy was maybe nine. He started shooting. He was about seven. Uh, I'm not sure what compound bow he had, but it, it, it looked like the uh, diamond made the, the, the bow tech very adjustable. And, and when, when he would shoot, shoot doing the, you know, the coil to, and load, he would start like this in order to get his strength to, to pull it back. When I saw him do this, and I'm, I'm watching, trying to keep my mouth shut, you know, it's hard for me to do this. And, 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 but everything else he did exactly right. He was shooting at 20 yards, and I, I, all the shots I saw, which was probably eight or 10 shots from, from that I watched, and his father and I were talking. Um, I, I think the, the furthest away he got from the 10 or 11 was a, an eight. I mean, he was laying in there. He is a wonderful 
he has a wonderful beginning. His dad's been teaching him and so forth, but he knows very little about the, the coaching side of things. So I'm hoping they're watching today. I gave them the coordinates to get in our show. And I believe they were from New Jersey or some place like that. And, um, but he had, he had everything, had the stance, everything else was right. And he was laying them in there. Nice. I could have been there this last weekend to, to see him shoot. Cause I'm, 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 I'm sure he gave some people a run for his money and he may have placed well. I, I have no idea. Oh, so he was there for the FIDA tournament at Lancaster? Yeah. yeah. Good deal. I think it's nine, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. The Bowman class. That's the, that's the Bowman class for, um, USA Archery. So they may be listening in. I hope they are. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I, I said that, you know, that, that currently I, we were doing the steps of the shooting and the father said that, that he didn't know this would like to learn them. And I said, well, he did a little advertising for our program. And uh, so he'll, he'll be checking in on that. Yeah. The way he was pulling it, I mean, it, it's not going to cause a whole lot of trouble right now. But if he could start off the way, do it correctly, like our uh, coach Larry Wise is saying, then then he has all the other pieces, you know, and he'll be a a really great archer for life. Right. And enjoy it and not not get hurt. Well, that that reminds me of a point I should have mentioned earlier, Doc. Uh, When we raised the bow, then... I prefer, I teach people to raise the bow so the sight is above the target spot and their hand is below. And so that's not going to be up here. That's going to be at target level. And that's the level at which we draw. Now, if you have difficulty doing that, turn the draw weight down. Learn yeah. to do it right, build strength doing it right. Yeah. And then add poundage on later. You know, if you want more arrow speed, do that later. But yeah. don't hurt yourself while you learn. We, we were in the shooting center. I didn't see any signs there about you know, shooting at the ceiling there. Yeah, right. Over in the main range. There, there is a sign. I can see the reasons why because they have all the, the the monitors up there. If you if you do that and and someone notices, it's a seven hundred dollar fine. And oh, really? Oh yeah. Well, you, they get tired of replacing the monitors, you know, with the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, monitors seven hundred dollars. For those of you who who are watching this, um, have never been to Lancaster Archery Supply and their shooting center. There's a video on their YouTube page about not sky drawing that yeah. PJ Riley does. It's, right. it's actually a really, it's a good com, kind of a comedic value video, but it's about not sky drawing. And that's what Doc's mentioning and what Larry's referencing is, right. is that raising up and coming up here. And the idea that you're most often when people raise that high, they actually end up throwing their body into the draw cycle to get it back instead of being able to controllably raise to draw a sight just above and 
coil to come to full draw and then the anchor. And it's just, it's, it's funny though that you mentioned it that way because there is a video out there for on Lake Star Archery Supplies website and it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> if you're shooting outdoors there at Lancaster Archery uh, and you're raising your bow up 45 degrees, you could hit the train that runs behind the target area. <laughs> that's the other thing. Or somebody on the farm across the way. That's that's the real danger. Is yeah. launching one at a 45 degree angle and reaching out to your neighbor's cat or mule. So, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely a happy medium. Um, but I, I I think when the um, Coach Wise, <clears throat> this fellow right next to me up here is the, the guy who taught me how to shoot the compound. I'd never shot a compound until I actually learned it from him. And, uh, you know, the idea of coming up a little higher than what you're aiming at and, and then coming down on it makes a lot of sense. It's much easier than trying to come up on it. Right. But you're, you're, you're not shooting birds right at this time. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, excited to find out. What about your bear bow? Yeah, well, yeah. let's let's get into your bear bow. That. Draw the load. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up now. Um, so the bear bow and the NTS are and the NTS for Olympic recurve, which everyone that's coming up this week. Y'all aren't don't realize it that um, our Olympic team archers should be on for i think it's seven days and olympics start so keep an eye out for that um we did before i jump into this bare bow checklist we had a question in the comments and it's about compound so yes. i just want to mention it now before we get into bare bow yep okay. ben farland i'm not sure where ben is from but thank you for joining us ben he asked about what can he do better to become more steady and shoot better at longer distances, Larry? So why don't we touch upon that before I get into, um, actually, I'm going to stop sharing and get in. Let's just give him some, some general help before we jump into Faribault Recurve. Yeah. Okay. So I'm working on this myself. Okay. So I'm, Coming back from a long layoff some years ago, building strength on this side over here. And that's the bow side. Uh, and so you need to build strength there. That's, that's one thing, all right? And uh, to do that, I'm working with stretch bands, uh, stretch tubes, stand on one end, Hold the other end in a, in a hand, uh, maybe a, a loop, but stand, put one end under your foot, have one long enough to do that, and raise this arm up and hold. Drop down, hold, drop down, hold. So I'm conditioning this side and the lat muscles to hold the bow hold my arm steady. So that's a conditioning thing. And there are other exercises you can do that. Lightweight dumbbell and move it slow up and slower down. 
Okay, just don't drop it. The idea is to drop it slower than you raised it to build strength. Uh, and that will help with your aiming at uphill targets. That's kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, and then uh, when I practice outside, uh, I have one, one of my target tripod thing, well, it's a four-legged thing with wheels on. I can move it wherever I want. So I have it moved now uh, in the upper part of my yard. So at 50 yards, I have to hold the bow up pretty high, like I'm shooting 80 or 90 yards. And so I'm practicing uphill, conditioning this side uphill. But of course, the first thing that has to happen before any of my practice is I have to be in the right holding position. Okay, so the shoulder line has to be coiled to be parallel to the arrow at least. And this holding arm has to be in line with the arrow so I can transfer the load into my back. That has to happen first. Yeah. And there's previous videos. If you go back through our podcast, if you go up on our YouTube page that talk about all of those steps of the shooting process up to the draw to load, we're just getting to full draw in this episode of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. That, you know, and, and I want to just piggyback off of what you just said, Ben, if you find that it is possible that it's not that you're not strong enough and it's not it depends like what Larry's saying is assuming that your shot process is essentially good. That there's no issues that your draw length is correct. Um, that your bow fits you perfectly. <clears throat> there's a lot of times where you get accustomed to shooting a bow that isn't fit, that doesn't fit correctly. And especially when you start trying to shoot longer distances, because what happens is, is we, even though it's an error in the shot process, we try to hold the bow still instead of using the biomechanics of a shot to actually let the pin float where it's supposed to. So if your bow isn't, doesn't fit you correctly, you will find that you won't be able to hold steady, especially if it's longer time frame, awkward distance or longer distance, awkward up and down, holding steady is not going to come easy at all. So if all of those things, like if you even have any kind of suspect that you maybe aren't in the right position, if you get funky pains in your front shoulder, in your, you have a bent elbow, um, high rear shoulder. So you end up like, up like this, um, or you have excessive head movement coming in and things like that. There's, I guarantee you, if you had someone evaluate you that understands the biomechanics of the full draw position, that you would end up, you could hold steadier if you fit your equipment better. Yeah, this is this is a an essential part of our shooting form 101 class. Right, is to establish the proper biomechanics at each step along the way, and most importantly in the holding step, so that we're holding with the back, we're we're loading our back, and holding with the back and all the bone structure is in the right place. Then aiming, after conditioning, aiming gets stable. Yep. yep. You focus on the right things. So yeah, right. Ben, I hope that helps you out. 
um thanks for watching and asking a question if anybody else has any other questions submit them uh i want to jump into barabelle and talk about barabelle and in, in some ways the in the barabelle and the olympic recurve side of things it's even more crucial that biomechanically you're in the correct position i can't emphasize enough especially for barabelle shooters because you know there's um there's definitely a difference between the Olympic recurve shot with that anchor underneath and you're within that two millimeters of the clicker and you're allowed to have like you're you have an active expansion where all you have to worry about is expanding and um, getting through that clicker so it's expand 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 clicker goes and then there's that even distribution of movement on both sides because this hand's going to continue back and if you watch the Brady video shoot like me video it's very very apparent you can see how his bow hand arm stays straight extends toward the target the hand dips that sit motion that coach lee teaches and you see that even movement happening in on you know that's all that's all part that's all um part of this this the biomechanics like it all changes now in the draw to load portion i got a little ahead of myself in the draw to load portion as far as I'm concerned, besides the differences between one finger above and two below for Olympic recurve versus three below um, in barebow, they the draw to load is just about identical except for location. And what I mean by that is when I took my level four, Coach Guy Kruger and I were going over um, that draw to load step. And it was a step that I, I, always, I always struggled with because as a compound shooter, I wasn't real good at keeping my hips over my heels. Um, and I didn't necessarily do it correctly for years prior. So breaking that habit was difficult and allowing the coil to happen with the shoulders and the core. So what I was doing is I was turning at my hips. So think about that, this draw to load portion it's hard to truly effectively load into your back if you are basically using motion in other areas that don't allow you to do that. And what I was doing is I was making up for some of the load by turning at my hips to get to alignment. Keep the hips as best you can over the heels and turn at your core this way, this way. Makes a huge difference in your ability. That's, that's why we teach that tilt. That's right. why that was introduced into the national training system by Coach Lee some years ago. Because um, that locks, yeah. that opens the hip joint and then will maintain the hips over top of your open stance heels. Yep. And it takes a curve out of your back. Yep. That, yeah, that hollow back that Coach Lee. Um, yeah. And then moving forward, you have that draw to load. This is where we reach 80% back tension. You know, we draw with the core muscles, shoulder and back muscles, but note the rotate shoulder line past parallel to the arrow line. This is a significant difference from compound. Mm -hmm. So a compound, we're actually outside of the arrow line to left a little bit, whereas in barebow and recurve what they're basically saying is set that alignment early so from that setup mm -hmm. position here we're past parallel my shoulders at this point are not parallel to the air they're past parallel um 
that's super important. That is a very, for those of you who own Paprika Curve and Barabow, establish the alignment as early on as possible. Establish yeah. it. And again, that bar is going to be straight. The bar is not going to be bent. And it's just like, we try to explain that to compound shooters as well. There's a lot of compound shooters that are still out there shooting with a bent elbow. And I think there's this, there's a reason that recurve and, and barebow shooters can't do that because we're constantly, as we're at that draw the low position, we're pulling that weight, stacking, 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 stacking. You're never, go, never going to totally repeat a bent bow arm the exact same way. Sure, a lot of people will do it good and lots of repetition. They could, they could really do it well. But we're, what we're basically saying is, is that the barrier to entry of accuracy in some cases can just be repetition. And if you do these things, it cuts that barrier of entry down to your accuracy by yeah. using them more yeah. efficiently. Um, if, if you like the reasoning for shooting with a bent elbow, then you should also shoot with bent knees. Right. <laughs> Try it. Yeah, right. Try that sometime. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but just to go through these steps, bow extend, elbow crease, um, the 45 degree to horizontal, draw hand moves in a straight line. I can't emphasize that one enough. Draw elbow rotates the arrow line. This draw elbow rotates the arrow line. The draw hand moves in a straight line. This is probably one of the most misunderstood steps in the NTS for both Olympic recurve. And I see tons of coaches coaching it incorrectly and, um, and barebell. And what they're saying is when you raise the draw in that setup position, this hand is a straight line to draw to load. So if you're Olympic recurve, it might be a little bit lower up and in. If you're barebell, right to the front of the chin roughly that's what i do um that's one of the steps in the nts that i've kept in my shot process as a barebow shooter i love setting that alignment early straight line do draw the load right to the front of the chin and then you know what happens after that is different but this is the point where the scapula is already back all it's all the way back against your the middle of your spine you're not back your back isn't fully loaded but the scapula is all the way down um, and they don't, it's the idea that you're still going to continue to transfer weight into the back after we get to anchor and, and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that there's necessarily scapular, like visible scapular movement. Let's just put it that way. That's part of setting the alignment, get it done, get it done early and in compound, it just happens after draw the load or as draw the load ha is happening, that's when we are effectively setting that alignment. Those are the two major differences. But uh, again, maintaining a vertical release hand this way um, with the chin forward, corner of the mouth, or the, the, the um, here, draw it you know, forward a corner of the mouth and it's underneath the chin within like one inch of the chin, bow will pivot in the hand, no aiming. Again, no aiming, no aiming, no aiming. For those of you who are, um, you know, that that are shooting compound, shooting Olympic recurve, shooting barebow, you should not be aiming yet. Leave the aiming alone because that is, you're just stepping, you're actually thinking in the future instead of thinking in the present moment of what you need to be accomplishing. Um, yes. 
got to be on the process yep. which you can control yep. and aiming gets you off of that and thinking about the future when the arrow lands in the target um, we have a couple of more questions. Actually, Ben asked another one and we can talk about, um, in regards to a release aid. Is there, before we get into that, is there anything else you want to cover about the draw to load? I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of similarity, uh, between disciplines, but with the compound, the coiling of the shoulders happens during draw to load As, yeah. with the recur bare bow, it happens before that right yeah as long as it happens and it happens before you come to anchor yeah i don't care <laughs> um ben asks what thumb button release do you recommend under 160 dollars i'm thinking about the true ball t-rex is that is that a good release um I mean, now there's no factual answer that makes this one better. I know Larry and myself are both really big advocates of the stand releases. Um, thumb buttons, you know, you got to be careful. I'll be honest with you. I hunted with a back tension. I don't, I hunt trad now. Uh, last year was my last full years of, of hunting bare bow. Um, prior to that, I used a back tension. I used a true ball HT. Um, that's the stands at the XS3. This now I've had this. This is a shoot off. Oh, the stand shoot off. Okay. But but the concept here I want you to be aware of, Ben, is I'm where gonna, the I'm gonna yeah. make your video bigger so that okay. um, everyone can see it. Go ahead, Larry. Okay. So the concept here you want to be aware of is where does this engage your thumb? And Avoid this because so, that thumb has a lot of uh, feeling touch sensors in it. And that's wired right to your conscious brain. I mean, you use this touch sensing all day long to tell you very important things. Like when you have one sheet of paper or two, you know the difference. So take these finger ends out of the game. The better way to do it is extend that trigger so that contact contacts back here against the bone in your thumb. For, for those and, who are going to, uh, sorry, Larry, I was going to say, for those who are going to listen to this podcast, they're not going to see the video version, what Larry's referencing is the thumb button itself and not putting the tip of the thumb on the button. Right. but rather moving it back to the first joint or even further behind the first joint on the thumb. Right. So I have a, a long trigger extension mm -hmm. on this thumb trigger releasing so that I can keep uh, flat knuckles yep. and still have that trigger extending back into the base of the thumb. Yep. Away from all those nerve endings. Right. Then I can load my back keep fingers tight and allow that elbow rotation created by that contracting back to push the trigger into the thumb bone. It's not thumb into trigger, it's trigger into thumb and preferably at the base of the thumb. 
not many releases actually have that adjustability. Uh, and mm -hmm. I'm going to preface that for everyone because a lot of people make their equipment purchases based off of what? Price. Of course, I get it. Um, however, you get what you pay for. And when it comes to shop process, it's not always the best practice to have to buy the one um, that happens to be the cheapest. I'll give you an example. Trueball makes what's called a rave release. It's actually a pretty nice little release. Doesn't have a ton of adjustability, but it has enough. For a small hand shooter, it's probably okay. Like I said, you know, Larry's talking about getting that back into the base of the thumb. I am an advocate of anywhere behind the first, uh, the first joint. If you can get it there, the problem is, is that to keep a flat hand, you need to adjust that peg on the thumb button to get it to that location. And that's not all releases. The Carter releases do not do that. I, I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm not a fan because I have to scrunch my hand up a little bit to try to get up on that Carter release. And I don't like that. I like my hand to be super, super flat. I, when I do shoot compound, I shoot a stand element. Um, and, you know, allows me to be in that relaxed, full draw, flat hand position. So um, the Stan SX3, um, both the regular one and the heavy metal, uh, the shoot off. Um, there's just there's a plethora of others that that have that adjustability. Um, if you can't get one, I'm trying to think of some of the others that I know of. I think the uh, oh, my goodness, the Sear. Um, not true fire true fire makes the sear the one the levi morgan uh release that one has a really good adjustability to the thumb button as well um there's a couple you know but it's it's up to you to find one that fits your hand the best um uh, in my opinion so we have another question Trying to keep uh, not flat. remark about that go ahead go ahead doc I Oh, I just started shooting with the release with the the sweet spot, and and I learned to do that and learned to do that well. But I was just sort of uneasy for some reason for using that for hunting. I could just sort of imagine the this huge buck below me, and I wouldn't be able to get the darn thing to go out go off. So, I. If you can see my hands, uh, this is my good hand here. And this is one that was badly broken a number of years ago. And so when I got a, th a thumb release, I actually started with the Carter. I I wasn't going to be able to use it the way you would think so, because my thumb doesn't go that way. Right. And I mean, they could have done surgery, but I've seen those things screwed up a couple, a couple times pretty bad. So I just left it heal. So this part of my thumb right here does not even move. That moves, but this doesn't. So even with the Carter, I, I was able to adjust it so that the, the actual barrel of, of the thumb release sat right in here. And when I would pull back and I, I, I had it set for very light uh, re release, when, when I pull back exactly as I do with the sweet spot and then I keep pulling, as, as Larry was saying, just that tension will set it off. That never had any, I mean, it shoots great. It shoots great. Yeah. I'm sure you could, you're, you're probably allowed to shoot a deer with the sweet spot, you know, but uh, sure thing. I was just jumping. Yeah. At it, though. I love, uh, I love hunting with a back tension because it just, it forces you to slow down. 
makes yeah. you makes you activate the shot properly. You can't even, you know, I'm not saying you can't command style a back tension, but you know, it's still a command style back tension is better than a punchy uh, thumb button. You know what I mean? But everybody, everybody has their preference. Um, I think we got, we got one more question and this one's actually recurve oriented um, gentleman. It's from Ryan Houts. Uh, I know Ryan, Ryan's out, uh, out in the Western States, I think uh, Arizona. Ouch. Yeah. His daughter um, just won the, I want to say Cub Olympic recurve, or was it Bowman Olympic recurve? I think she's a Bowman, come to think of it. I don't remember. Um, and yeah, he's in, oh, he's in Salt Lake, Utah. Um, How does he spell his last name? Joad Nationals, H-O-U-T-S. Oh, with an S. Yep. They're not allowed to use a Z past the uh, Mississippi River. Yeah, well, my... My heritage is H O U T Z on my mother's side. Oh, okay. Now he's H O U T S. He asked, "What are the differences between NTS that draw that has the string sideways from the face?" I think we'll talk about that because that's I think that's a misconception. Before anchor versus linear draw, where the NTS is trying to engage the back more. I might be explaining it, not explaining it the best, or you may have already covered it. Um, yeah, the the idea that this hold on, let me get my my this is not NTS. And if you see coaches teaching it, you can send them my way. That is not NTS. This is not NTS. Um it's it's a misconception. If your alignment is set correctly. And I had that discussion directly with Guy Kruger. If you have the alignment set correctly, that hand motion, as you saw in the, in the proficiency checklist, is linear. The angular part of the NTS is the land two coming, moving around the spine. The angular motion, bringing that land two from what would be parallel to the shooting line to back and around. That's so when you're draw to load, land two, think about this back here. This back here, land two. When I have my alignment set and I draw to load an anchor, that's the angular motion is the land two. It is not the hand. So people who are doing this, they're teaching it incorrectly. Yeah, that's angular motion with the hand. Yeah, and that's not what the angular motion in not, the NTS refers to. Yeah. 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 Not, so, not efficient. It's not efficient at all. And I'm not going to lie, Ryan, when I went and I was one of the fools that went and got my level one, no offense to people that used to teach the level one. I should just went for my level two, but that person taught it that way. And I kind of looked at him with a puzzled look and I was like, I'm pretty sure that that's not correct, but I didn't say anything because I didn't have any certifications. I just listened them out. And then over the years, as years went, um, you know, I started to learn that the people who are teaching, it, it varies per, per instructor. And that's one of the things that I, you know, I'd like to make very clear that the angular motion is the land too. It is not the hand. This is not NTS. So 
Ryan, I hope that answers your question or at least clarifies. Um, I don't think you will be led astray in any way, shape or form, whether you, Ryan may be taking his kids to um, um, J bars for some coaching. Uh, I know you won't go wrong there, Um, but you know, whether you have a coach that's teaching NTS linear or the natural uh, shots uh, cycle that, that Dick Tone teaches, as long as they are getting to alignment and getting there early, let's just, let's just make sure that that's happening before they come to anchor. All right. Um, still wondering about the gap created by Lance. I don't know if I understand what that means. Um, I don't really I'm not sure what he said. He said he's still wondering about the gap created by the land too. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but we could always have that conversation later on, but I think it covers definitely covers draw to load and then some, um, anything else, gentlemen, that you want to talk about? No, we got to save some for next week. Yeah. Next week's going to be a good one with, with gay. So I'm going to see if I can get another professional on, to join in in sort of a panel discussion of, of overcoming a bad shot. I'd love to get a, a recurve or a barebow shooter in the mix on, you know, we have, we have Gaius as a compound version, compound representative. It'd be cool to get like an Olympic and maybe even a barebow shooter uh, representative of it. I guess I can kind of technically represent the barebow side of things, but uh, you know, it's tough during the day. Not everybody's available. So um all right everyone well thanks for joining us i hope you guys can join in next week next week's discussion is going to be a really good one um and that's about it just make sure you follow us on facebook um you know and and um, i added uh we i created a an instagram page for us not that it's it's just another social media platform there's nothing really going on there but um so you guys can follow us there when we do updates, we will post uh, a lot of that stuff for you to see snippets with links. Look at those too. Yeah. This is the 17th one we have available there now. Yep. And if you need to, if you're interested in booking coaching or form evaluations or need help with target panic, reach out to us. We can, uh, we can definitely help you with all of those things. So Thanks again for joining us and have a good day, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.